Welcome back to BS Reactor and our special series about the classic show, A Different World. Make sure to listen to the other parts so this makes as much sense as possible. Also, just like last time, we make use of spoilers and profanity to get our points across. So if you're not into that kind of thing, tap stop before the music ends. And flip through our archives to see if we cover any of your favorites. Let us know what you think. And thanks for listening. We appreciate you. The segue I talked about nine minutes ago. <laughs> Was, we do this all the time over here. Yeah, we do it all the time. <laughs> was about Cats in the Cradle, which is the last one we'll talk about. Season five, episode 14. Mm-hmm. It's the one where Isaac said about Ron. The three white the, Yeah, Ron getting into a fight with these three white guys from an opposing school. A&M. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A&M from yeah. Pullman. <laughs> and it just says A&M. They don't say what A&M is, just A&M. Oh, it's just A&M. It's not yeah. and. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just A&M. Yeah. And so Ron screws them over on a bet. Of course, they pay up the bet but they're being dicks about yeah, it for sure eventually become a racial thing mm-hmm. and because they they take a, a yeah. spray can and start draw the n-word on it and so ron of course starts to fight and uh-huh. you know Dwayne comes out Dwayne comes out because he's like, he's like, like that's, my yeah. that's my friend i'm gonna uh-huh. i don't, care I don't even think he saw the hood no, he, didn't, he didn't know what no, anything went on yeah. he just came out and tried to help him fight, gotta help him right yeah, yeah that's what you and, do yeah. and so you will see when you when this happens you see what really happened mm-hmm. and then they go into jail the thing yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. then you see everyone's versions of it before we talk about the different versions of it i just want to say this is important because it showed me that yes you don't need to be racist, just white people, black people, because everyone in the whole episode had preconceived notions of each other. Uh-huh. And yeah. they're using those preconceived notions to determine their actions and that what they're carrying. Kind of like what Amber said earlier about, yes, there are white people who are racist, but don't let that be the chip the chip on your shoulder mm-hmm. and have that direct all your actions and that's kind of how it was because even ron in his episode was doing stuff because he's oh well of course he's doing it because he's you know and so they were already doing it that way well yeah, yeah. and i mean in that episode there were signs leading up to it. when they were first talking about making that bet and ron mm-hmm. you know was sitting there because he scalped his ticket so we're making mm-hmm. sure ron he is, made the joke to a native right. american or first nations yes. person right. yeah. like so ron yeah. is not because he also he's he not made, a clean character yeah. in this yeah, because he no. made a comment to the guy of. I, I'll get to it. I, okay. I, yeah. No, you tell. So, but of the Native lead, American lead, dude. No, no. Leading, no, t- no, tell him about what he said about Native American. Oh guy. yeah, tell him the Native American guy's like, I was born in New Jersey and whatever. And the guy said, he goes, we said, you think that's fair? Because the guy was like. So we do this. Are you going back? He's like, did you live on a reservation? He goes, no, you're black. Did you grow up in projects and walked off? He goes, project. Right. We like to talk about project. Basically saying. Yeah. 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 Did mm-hmm. you grow up in the ghetto? That's what it was. Yeah. Ghetto. Mm-hmm. Because it, yeah. basically Ron was basically saying, oh, he's Native American. So obviously he grew up on a reservation. Right. And stuff. Couldn't possibly. It's just a house down the street. Yeah. yeah. But when Ron was making this wager with the three guys from the college, when they start walking off, we heard early in the episode, Jaleesa was practicing for singing the anthem. So now mm-hmm. she's singing for real. And we hear her over the radio because Ron's not able to watch the game. And one of the guys goes, I hate when they ruin it or when they go overboard. Right. And you can see right there that that's your first official sign that this is an othering that's occurring here. Uh-huh. And what does he mean by they? We've only got... <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. two things going on here. So Ron obviously hears this, but he's like, whatever. Yes, Ron made a bet knowing full well what the odds actually were and misleading them and stuff like that. So he kind of figured he was going to mm-hmm. get paid and that's what happened. So the guys come back and one of the guys throws the money on the ground like, here, you can pick this up. Ron makes the comment, if you have some more blacks on your team, then maybe you would be better. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And then it goes. And yeah. then it just takes, it yeah. just devolves it, from there. It's like, it's oh, you think black people are better than white people and blah, blah, blah. Right. He goes, well, only in basketball, football, baseball, and where it counts. In, uh, <laughs> but I know you guys are sensitive about that. Or yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, and, and with Ron saying that part of me is annoyed with it because it's like, you're basically, you yourself are debasing black people as just being either good mm-hmm. in sports or sexual exploitation, basically. Yeah. The mm-hmm. actual stereotype. 
stereotypes that, yeah. that, that we're fighting was, against. That and he was basically saying that they lost because if they were black, they would have beat Hillman. But since they're white, that means they're not good at sports and they're not good at all this other stuff. And so he's just like, as bad as I don't know if A M had no black people yeah. on their team though. Like that seems yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty that, sure it wasn't an all white team. Yeah. So of course they get angry, and of course they end up getting spray paint and but the guy who looked he looked like he oh how did I describe him last night I think I said he looked like uh like he lives he should live in Portland <laughs> no that's not what you that's said, not what I, I, said, said but I said something worse about how he looked he was the one who's like the uber racist because he's upset because mm-hmm. he said you guys are the reasons why I didn't get in Ivy League I'm like or it could oh be the, that guy yeah. Yeah, yeah or it could be the fact that which you made me laugh get. even more because I'm like Supreme Court yeah <laughs> <laughs> no I think the legacy's got your seat dude also like <laughs> um you're going against Hillman. You wouldn't have gone there anyways. Right, yeah. 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 So it's just, it was, and then seeing like, you know, Ron's sanitized <laughs> version of like, I was being I was super kind. Being a good kid, yeah. And, and the funniest just though is when this... Dean Kane, who's one of the guys, says his story. Oh, God. <laughs> Pat just cracks up. Now I'm sorry, because it's hilarious. Because right. Ron's wearing like, he's wearing his hat sideways. He's wearing a freaking. <laughs> he's, like, he's like a, like a, a, a gold dude, piece or yeah, whatever. like a gold uh, Dookie chain, like early nineties Dookie, like the old LL Cool J type chain with a yeah, <laughs> with yeah. a money sign on it, and he has mm-hmm. like rings on, like he's rings. Never mind, it's none of the stuff that Ron's wearing, like <laughs> as all. he's no, sitting in front of us. Yeah, at all. He's <laughs> <chain. He's laughs> <in> the, <laughs> he gets out, and they're like, "Oh, well, here, sir, is is your stuff?" He goes, "Damn right, give me my stuff." He goes, "Y'all would have got it because white people suck or anything like that." Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're like, and the guy who's really was just like, "Excuse me, sir, are you saying that?" white people aren't as good as blacks he goes yeah and then he starts punching just <laughs> punching punch him in the face yeah. and then one guy's in the back going like stop sir no please stop <laughs> and then all of a sudden Dwayne comes out and just starts putting him up <laughs> no Dwayne du- coming out with the hood uh-huh. up yeah. oh yeah he did have a hood up yeah sunglasses yeah, so he had a yeah. on too mm-hmm. and it literally like he just said oh we're beating up white people today yes and he starts yeah. going to beat him up and then these two guys being able to beat up these strong guys it was hilarious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was another one that uh, Kadeem directed. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. he put it in his contract that he wanted to direct and write episodes. Seeing that episode, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just, and then, you know, then the cop was like, oh, all cops do this. And he's like, yeah. And he's mm-hmm. like, you already could have marched with Dr. King. You don't mm-hmm. know. And actually the guy who did the voice acting for that was Pumbaa in The Lion King. Yes. Yeah. That was Pumbaa. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, I know this voice. <laughs> yes. And so that was a, a good episode. And it's mm-hmm. just like, and it showed that that's still there. I mean, it I mean, did, yeah. from crying out loud, we still have to deal with this. You of I were mm-hmm. <laughs> a new showed up or a swastika or, uh-huh. you know, yeah. again, the N word showing up mm-hmm. or there were the latest was people. They group trolled this page for the black student union into Oof. like. The threats and the vitriol that were levied at them, because I think they just had a poll for something, mm-hmm. was it's absolutely disgusting. Like I saw some of it. I'm like, wow. Like yeah. and part of me is like, it, I'm not surprised by it. It's just always, though, the amount of energy you have to take mm-hmm. to do this. It's yeah. not surprising that people think those things or express those views, but it is surprising when they make such an effort, when there are so many other things on this planet that they could spend their time and energy mm-hmm. on. Yeah. yeah. And from a distance, there's a lot of people that don't think that, let's, let's call it cartoon racism exists, but if it's right there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and still people are trying to well, we still have downplay people, it. But. We still have people who don't understand the systematic racism yeah. that came yeah. from slavery, who still think that we should just get black people should just get over it now if i told white people get over 9-11 they'd be upset about that <laughs> yeah weird huh yeah or if we don't tell jewish people to get over the holocaust well, you'd have to get people to agree the holocaust happened first that's well, true and what's yeah. interesting you know how they you know find that there's genetic trauma that happened like literally yeah. genetic trauma yeah. that happens oh yeah you know for jewish the holocaust and the sun i'm like so the three, four hundred years of Let's what keep happened going with that this logic. Like doesn't <laughs> yeah. apply. I just I just love how they spend more time caring about four or five years of human history than, like you said, 300 right? plus. Yeah, for real. To the but, point that, oh, um, I can't remember which Florida university it is, but the Gators. Who's that? Florida. University okay. of Florida. The Gator bait chant is not allowed. And the students, apparently some of them might have been upset. And it's like. 
there's a reason for that. Uh-huh. When yeah. I learned good reason. the history of that, I was in tears. I didn't learn that until I was an adult adult. I didn't mm-hmm. learn that until probably a year ago. And yeah. it's horrifying. It's horrifying. And I said, and this is what I mean about this is a dehumanization of a group yeah. mm-hmm. to that level that that is unsettling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the levels that humanity will stoop to in treatment of each other, but it's just like to have that thrown in your face and then they memorialize mm-hmm. it in like advertisement. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. that of to just like- To make it a cheer? Yeah. That's extra fucked up. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I said. I'm like the normalization of some of those things to the point that like, mm-hmm. but that's my identity. I'm like rooted in. <laughs> yeah. If, that's, if that is if your identity, identity, then you need to do, examine where that comes from uh-huh. and make some changes in your life. Right. So yeah. it's like people were always like, what kind of country are we? Collectively, all the people of this country are like, this has been here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is nothing new. This is part of not having that discussion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That means it allows it to have this undercurrent and then pop up when it can. Also, if people are learning these things and they're genuinely surprised by it, they need to be learning more things more often. Yeah. Like, (laughs) if you are disgusted, if like, there's a lot of things you can be when you learn these things. Surprise should not be one of them. I will say I was surprised in learning the number of towns that were flooded, especially in the South, for recreational lakes that were previously majority black towns. Uh Mm -hmm. I would say I'm not surprised by the act. That doesn't surprise me because I knew about Rosewood. But the volume. But the volume of it just is like, I remember. Good God. I was reading about the history of Portland, which the exact same thing happened. Mm -hmm. You don't even think about it. Mm -hmm. A place as progressive seeming as Portland. Right. (laughs) I'm just like, that fucked up. Just like. 20 years ago. Right? Yeah. And it's, and it's always like when people are like, why can't people just pull themselves their bootstraps? It's like, well, collectively, like, well, every time they did, yeah. <laughs> they had Fucking the whole thing pulled out. Subprime mortgages and right. shit. Yeah. So I'm like, well, so it's just, it's thinking about that. And so Different World was helping to kind of bring yeah. some of that to the forefront of, especially, you know, when Dwayne mentioned, he's like, my father helped build this country. I'm like, mm-hmm. my family, the only reason I can track us as far back as we can is because DNA testing became mm-hmm. available en masse. Other yeah. than that, there was a certain point where it just stopped. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't say, so I can say now with a little more accuracy, family goes back to the early 1700s in Virginia. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I know <laughs> what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like the 23 and me thing has been life changing for a lot of people. But I mean, I think we've talked about before that I've just taken for granted that my family is like some members of my family have traced their lineage back to mm-hmm. like a town in the middle of nowhere in you know, central Europe. Again, it was just not something I ever really cared about. But as a form of identity, it was erased for a lot of people. So. Yeah, that was the thing I remember learning in college the concept because I grew up in a town like until I went to college. I had known growing up one singular black person and he was a kid who lived at the children's home. I lived in just the very whitest town that could exist. There were three Asian people who lived there. And learning in college, the the things about white privilege and about like, these are the things that you are going to take for granted because the world is set up for you. At that point, I was surprised and shocked at things. But the tracing back your heritage of just being able to know like, this is where I came from, that is in and of itself a privilege. But shows like A Different World were on in my house all of the time. We watched The Cosby Show. I loved mm-hmm. it and i am so glad that those shows existed because in an incredibly white town where my parents were not concerned with like me having a culturally diverse anything but they also were fine with me watching television it set things up that it wasn't the weird racist old people in my town that were the voice in my head it yes. was stories about denise and whitley and vanessa and like all of these really delightful girls that seemed just like the girls, you know, like Stephanie on Full House. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one thing I like liked. It's like big fun. <laughs> <laughs> I liked is that it closer represented my family. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We were not rich, so that aspect, <laughs> no. But it gave a better representation of there are black people who are upwardly mobile. I mean, and it really mm-hmm. it's only more so coming to light is like there were very rich black people like during the Victorian times and pictures mm-hmm. like yeah. it's this funny thing of black people disappeared at the end of the Civil War, but didn't crop back up to like <laughs> the Civil Rights Movement. I'm like, no, nope, they were yeah. there Th- that whole time. <laughs> right. 
but you know, you don't see depictions mm-hmm. of that. You just see the lesser depictions, the lesser. Mm-hmm. And if you think about black people in television prior to that, it was always this kind of subservient or sidekick, you know, mm-hmm. story adjacent to the characters. But then in different world, you see these kids, they're in college. They're having academic troubles. They're having romantic troubles. They're mm-hmm. having friendship issues, dealing with relating to their parents mm-hmm. <laughs> in so many fashions, mm-hmm. especially Whitley. We see Whitley coming from what we appear from almost this near perfect background, but her parents are divorced Mm -hmm. and it still bothers her. Later point in in one episode, she tells Dwayne, she's like, I was hoping to live long enough to see my parents get back together. Her dad Mm -hmm. has married someone Uh else at this point, but Whitley is still this kid that is like, I want my parents together. So you're Mm -hmm. seeing this in that representation of just the humanizing aspect of it. That's great. Just to see people acting like people in front of you. Well, what's the the thing I heard recently about there's been so much conversation about banning books and I shouldn't say conversation it's happening there's been so much book banning in this country recently the phrase I heard is it's important to have books that are windows and books that are mirrors and I think it's the same thing with television it's important for everybody to be able to see themselves have themselves represented in some way on the screen but also it's important for people to see other people on the screen people who are not like them for again white kids in the middle of nowhere in Indiana it was really good to see the and, other yeah. yeah like this isn't something that i have to like feel weird about these are just people who are doing yes. the same things all of my sisters are older than me and one of them is nine years older than me and so i would watch stories of kids in college and assume that that's what my sister's life was like mm-hmm. and the parallels were also important we fill in the gaps in our mm-hmm. little brains right yeah, yeah and that's where i like a different role than cosby show the more modern takes blackish mm-hmm. where it's following this family yeah. And their struggles with work and their work is not menial work. It is highly skilled, educated. Mm -hmm. They require this. And that's what they took from. And I know that's what they did because they've talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, their interviews that it allowed them to be and they could go. Now, I don't think it goes, it could ever quite go as. Yeah. (laughs) To the heart of some issues as it could, but they did a good mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. You know, they. I mean, as far as TV in the 80s, that we, yes. this is pretty far, well, right? The issue of they're not doing menial work. Lena, we haven't talked about at all, I don't think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lena, J- when, Jada. yeah when her friends come back. I didn't realize back, it was her for so long. And oh. she's like, I'm not going to hang out on the corner doing nothing. Like, I want to be here and I want to do this and want to get a great job. I'm not going to work for the city. And her friend is like, there's nothing wrong with working for the city. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. that tension of, I want more for myself and how do I do that in a way that's not dismissing what's still valid work but not the work I want for myself right and that actually I I'm glad you brought it up Lena's character gave you such an insight. Yes. She was so hard. As to, yes, as yeah. to just the dynamics that in particular, while she scammed away in school, I'm still going to call mm-hmm. her first generation yeah. student yeah. who has to now balance this mentality mm-hmm. of okay, this is what I had to do then to survive in this environment. And I'm able to say, I do want better for myself and I have to change. This is a big thing. I have to change my surroundings if I want a different outcome. I have to change mm-hmm. my my approach. And her friends coming in and being a reminder of how she had to act in the past. And I can understand like being torn between the two because she's trying to navigate now this weird thing of, I don't quite understand why I have to... Like she can behave, <laughs> she can behave in the way that she was before, but there are aspects to her now that she has to do. There are mm-hmm. different priorities now yeah. for her. And it's like, mm-hmm. I understood she wasn't trying to dismiss her friends or forget about them because obviously no. she invited she them. She hooks up, like she goes back to apologize. Right. Mm-hmm. But she's like, at the same time, I need my friends to understand that my priorities now are going to be different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's up to your friends as to whether or not to you know, yeah. do that. And it's and it's so interesting because with, I would say, a lot of black artists. <laughs> well, yeah, Tupac's in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. There, there's this, this thing about you get to a certain point. You should not be doing some of the things you were doing before when you were in survivor mm-hmm. mode. Yeah. Because then a lot of those artists we see either didn't make it because they're in jail mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. they didn't make it because Tupac, yeah. You know, rest in peace. Right, yeah. yeah. To let that go because now it's so funny. You'll see Ice Cube, you'll see Ice T, you'll mm-hmm. see 50 Cent. Mm-hmm. 
doing something Jay-Z completely. I kid you not. If you had told me in the 90s that I would see Ice-T promoting hair cream. I'm, he hasn't, but I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> yeah, for real, later yeah. on and smiling in an S, you know, it's yeah. right. in order. Or Snoop Dogg like, on would, a cooking show with yeah. Martha Stewart, right? Yeah. I would have been like, <laughs> like, you were like, what are you smoking? Uh-huh. Because they, it was such a different image. And then they basically changed over now to... Uh, they're still them. I'll put it that oh, way. Yeah. But they've made themselves the marketing geniuses and turning this around mm-hmm. and using sure, yeah. their success in now a different way. And that's what I see with Lena is what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that changeover or balancing those two things is hard, mm-hmm. especially it's a lot on the brain just studying for uh-huh. four years yeah. alone. Never mind now. How am I going to navigate all these relationships uh-huh. and uh-huh. any physical changes with myself? And they didn't dive like deep into it. But I have some friends who are first generation college graduates who well into adulthood carry some uh, I don't know they're unsettled about how their family feels about them now that they're not working a blue collar job now that they're like set up as a professional they've got a retirement fund and they have vacation days and like they have all these things that I kind of take for granted that my parents have and they're trying not to hurt their family's feelings Mm -hmm. and talking about the things that are good for you don't fit into my life because I don't live a life like you because I got the degree and I did the things and I'm doing what you hoped for me but now you don't understand me and you're a little resentful of it there's all of this tension that comes from that upward mobility of not everybody rises at the same time yeah my mom got angry at me one time because we had an argument and she says something to me i'm like well that's not right because da 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 she goes why are you talking to me like that i said well you're the one who made me go to school and <laughs> gave me and made me yeah learn how to do deductive reasoning and Mm -hmm. not just take stuff. This is why people get so mad politically. Part of the conversation is kids go to school and they go to these liberal arts school and they come out all brainwashed and da da da. No, they're just learning about the world and they're seeing that your view of the world is closed and small and not good. Yeah. Yeah, They say in sociology 101, it's really hard to go home. Yeah. Because I mean, shoot, much like Amber, just another reason why it's kind of weird. Uh, My mom's from the South too. First time she left her small town of Orangeburg, South Carolina was when she went into the military. Mm-hmm. So I had to deal with her saying some, um, let's say, not nice things about white people <laughs> growing up. Because guess what? Yeah. She, she grew up in 1960s. Uh-huh. It's, mm-hmm. But whole South Carolina where literally a major race riot in her town mm-hmm. when she was there. She used to work at this white lady's house where she cleaned and stuff and they would give her a sandwich for lunch and my mom had to make their dog a steak. Oh God. You know? <laughs> yes. You know, stuff like that. So I had to deal with that. But at the same time I grew up, I had a nude myself. I was like, no, not all. And she told me too, even though she had some bad stuff to say, she says, not all white people are bad. So don't go in. <laughs> telling but at the same time, Amber's laughing. She's laughing very hard because she knows I'm talking about. I get the caution though. Like, don't uh-huh. get me wrong. <laughs> it's good caution, but at the same time, she was saying, you know, don't let that define you as to what you do. And once again, that's kind of, so when I got into school and doing stuff and she asked me, told me something like, sorry, mom, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. And she's like, ah, I'm like, well, you had me become educated. Yeah. That mm-hmm. first generation, it's hard. And for me, my story is a little bit different. I would be considered second generation, but my grandmother, third grade education. Mm-hmm. I know it's like, I uh, don't look at me. I don't know. Third, <laughs> it's, it's not as high. It's not very high right. at all. Mm-hmm. On top of that, my grandfather had an accident. And then years later, that accent pretty much it, it made she basically raised my dad and his siblings alone mm-hmm. <sighs> six kids oh no yeah. <laughs> in a small little house in alabama in a small little house in alabama she drove home the point of education to the point that every single one of them have at the very least a bachelor's if not more mm-hmm. and every single one of them i think everyone's it's either in the military i think my dad's one older brother because my dad's the second born he was a state trooper retired state trooper pretty high up in alabama mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everyone else went to military and also got additional degrees like my aunt retired and my dad about to retire he, he he's retired like every other year at this point like <laughs> i don't know can't give up working yeah. no no nah, i get that
all of them doing, you know, great things. And then now it comes to my generation, their kids, pretty much we all have secondary degrees. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this thing of when the opportunity was finally Mm -hmm. (laughs) presented, we could progress. We can do these things. So I don't have necessarily the experience of, oh, your family's like, you think you're too good for us Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Oh, yeah. I've he's Pat has told me stories about members of his mom's family. There's a reason why I pretty much told my mom's side of her family to suck my ass. (laughs) Like they looked at Pat like, oh, you think you're too good. And meanwhile, I'm like. You know, this is just what we do. This is what we do. Like, I yeah. went down to a family reunion and they basically made fun of me for talking white because I used real words and not slang. My voice does sound whitish. I'll tell you that. But I got taken out for that. I basically had a big issue when my mom called him and said, don't you ever talk to my kids like that again? She had a rough, she had yeah. calmed me down and everything. And I basically said after that time, and I was like, I was 10, 11, 12-ish, something like that. After that, I pretty much told my mom's side of the family to suck my ass. Well, uh, and yeah. I find it interesting because even the members of my family that haven't attained a degree, none of that, them, and none they're of them still, are, yeah. had any type of education. Yeah. Dumbasses. They're still very supportive of mm-hmm. everyone across the board. Mm-hmm. Like, they do not view it as a terrible thing. They just said, I wish I had your opportunity mm-hmm. when I was yeah. younger. Mm-hmm. So that that's the thing that I also found was very strange that it's like, that at least other family members of ours could kind of see beyond. Yeah. And I had the issue because my mom was very proud of Amber saw that my graduations my mom was very proud because I was the first male member of her side of the family to go to college to graduate college and get a secondary degree she literally used to tell me I don't want you to end up like my brothers mm-hmm. I don't want you to be useless like my brothers. <laughs> but that's kind of how she would say it but she said I want you to be like my brothers mm-hmm. you know doing nothing for yourself and I'm like okay I mean shoot my dad and what people say there's no racism that long ago my dad my dad one generation above me he was born in st louis he grew up in east st louis but born in st louis why because in east st louis at the time they didn't have any colored hospitals so his pregnant mom had to drive over the bridge to st louis to give birth to him and then move back so it's like people don't realize how recent this stuff yes yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yes but they still think it's like oh that was years ago i'm like no my my dad was yeah yeah. like my parents my parents oh no i got you even better it wasn't until like 2000 and something that a school in alabama finally had a desegregated prom right wow that's right. so weird right i yeah. know i was like i'm sorry what year did what? you say <laughs> now they said unofficially it was you know they could well, it was mm-hmm. unofficially they made it official but it had been unofficial for a while I'm like you're not mm-hmm. really helping yourself yeah <laughs> like so rearranging well, the deck chairs in the titanic there yeah, yeah. But like as a small child, I didn't realize that this was a thing that was happening because you just I think every kid assumes that whatever world they grow up in is just the way the world is. Right? Yep. We're so self-centered as small humans. As an adult, looking back, there are still small towns along the two lane highway that runs through the town I grew up in where there are businesses. There are three words and all three words start with a K. Like these are still businesses that are operating. This is happening now. Yeah. And like the one that was in my hometown I was married when yeah, it changed. it was still there when we were dating it turned so. to Georgia's coffee cup instead of the coffee cup you can cut my hometown out maybe <laughs> identifiable but like it was coffee cup my entire life and like the people who ran it just never changed it to my knowledge there wasn't like active clan activity but who's gonna mm-hmm. tell the eight-year-old girl that that's happening but all the way down that highway there's these places that if it's active or not i don't know that it matters because that name is still yeah. there and it's still sending a very clear message to anyone traveling down that highway mm-hmm. and so people who are gonna say oh it's so far in the past no it's like still happening the way it was in the 50s in a lot of parts of the <laughs> It's like when you're talking about, I'm like, asking any black person if they're on a road trip where they're going to stop at. (laughs) I can almost (laughs) promise you that 90% of black people know going into it. Nope. Keep going. Yeah. It's almost this superhuman sense of self-preservation. It's not a sense of, it's it's a self-preservation sense. Absolutely. Of like, mm mm-mm. Mm-hmm. When nope. I was in college, a girl I was friends with was trying to buy a used car. She like found the Craigslist ad or whatever. She finally got the address to go to be able to like pick up this car. And it was in Whitestown. And so she sent another email to this guy and she was like, um, 
I just want to make sure there's not going to be any discomfort when I arrive. I am black. Are we still good with me coming by this car? And he was like, absolutely. We should probably do it earlier in the day because not all of my neighbors are going to be good with it. God. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like mm-hmm. and that's the thing. That's like an actual thing you have to account for. And that's when uh-huh. people are like, yeah. I'm not rich. I'm like, no, but you can move about without uh-huh. fear of like, mm-hmm. yeah, am I going to be okay if I'm here? I grew up in Speedway, Indiana, and I was homeschooled. So most of my social network early on was just the kids that lived in the neighborhood. So I would say like, I don't know, about half of them were black or from South America or whatever. It just something never came up until there was a cop car that rolled down the street. <laughs> and Some people were just like hiding to other people. I'm like standing up front and trying to be like, hey, how's it going? Right. I'm it's Indiana, it's, man. Yes. <laughs> and it's just an a friend of mine actually she's from indiana and she's she's an attorney she's just like my family's so fucking racist <laughs> like she's just like every time i just yeah. have to argue down points with them like no that's stupid and you're wrong mm-hmm. right. <laughs> like, and they're just like we sent you off to school to become a lawyer and here you are she's like yeah and you're uh-huh. it's still stupid and you're still wrong yeah. <laughs> well, i came back with a psychology degree and a sociology degree so like <laughs> so it's just it and it's like also talking to my grandfather he will never set foot in the state of mississippi because of an incident that happened where he was pretty much jumped is mm-hmm. the best way to put it. He fought back and retaliated and he now will not set foot in Mississippi because yeah. he's like, it's not worth it. No, he's no. like, yeah. he's like, they were looking at me as being the aggressor. He's like, yeah, I'm the aggressor for just, for just existing. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that shouldn't be the case. Yeah, and that sucks. Yeah. It, My mom said that if she didn't get into the military, she would have died in South Carolina. That's true. She said she wouldn't have made it that much longer in South Carolina. This would be people like, well, that's a good prompt to volunteer for the military. That should not be the no. prompt. That that should not be the way that you lift yourself out of poverty because not everybody's suited for the military. That would be me. I know this. I'm not. I'm I'm too big of a target. My uh, so speaking about going back into talking about how stuff wasn't that long ago about sexism. My mom, who at the time went to the military at 21, that is considered an adult, right? Mm -hmm. Since she's a woman to go into the Air Force at the time in the 70s, she had to get permission from both her parents to go into the military. Because she was a woman. And her mom allowed her to go because she's like, she knew my mom's like, my mom's crazy. It's like, you got to get out because you know something. Her dad didn't want her to go because she's a daddy's girl. She told me about some of the stuff she did in basic training. You expect, you know, doing the obstacle courses, push ups, sit, mm-hmm. you know, all that. They didn't teach the women how to shoot. So when the men went out to the rifle range, all the women were getting taught how to put makeup on. Huh. I never had heard of that before. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucked up. Yeah. She, she goes, yeah. So, because uh, I asked my mom one time, because at the time I was in the Army RCC, I asked her about her shooting ability. She goes, I never shot a gun. I was like, what do you mean? Like, You're in the military. Hey, you know? She's like, when I was doing basic training, A, she didn't have a job that involved that. She did work in munitions, but she wasn't like shooting them. Mm-hmm. And she goes, yeah, when I was in basic, when the men were learning how to shoot, we were learning how to wear heels. This is how <laughs> some people in the United States military. Yeah. This is also like, I, and then people are like, well, women just aren't as good. I'm sorry, what? If you don't teach them things, when you're teaching the men things, how are they supposed to get good at things? I was upset that the men didn't learn how to put makeup on because that could make my eyes I mean, sparkle. I mean, you really could have done some good work in heels, Pat. Dude, mm-hmm. make my eyes pop. I mean, it's amazing that the conversation will be, well, this group or women can't do X, Y, and Z. I don't know. Several generations of not being allowed to do said thing mm-hmm. might, might have an impact. Just, just mm-hmm. a tiny bit of why this is, which is why I always thought it was funny because we, like, we were yeah. people the other day and it's like, you're seeing now a lot more women doing DIY stuff, especially mm-hmm. with yeah. power tools mm-hmm. that sure. have traditionally been very, like, and they're making absolutely gorgeous work and it's detailed because they will yeah. photograph mm-hmm. everything. So there is no question as to what the level of quality it is, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because a lot of times it's a lot better than quote unquote professionals. It, but it always devolves into a conversation of women are, are too focused on the details of things. I'm like, well, that's how you get something done of high quality yeah. is the level of detail mm-hmm. that you put into it, which I find just it's That's funny. another spot where certain men I feel like are well women aren't as good at the things. So women learn to take pictures of everything, be incredibly detail oriented, know that they have to do it so much better so they aren't gonna get shit later for it. And then it's like oh, look at you with all these silly things. No, these are the things we do because we got so tired of dealing with the other garbage. Because there's literally no way to win. If you mm-hmm. don't do it if you're not that detail oriented then you could be better but if you do 
do it, then you're wasting your time. Yeah. And I think it's great nowadays. There's like communities online of specifically just people that are oriented towards women or people that are more detailed oriented. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to keep up with the douchebags that are in the common boards. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where I get some ideas from DIY and they'll walk you through it. (laughs) And it's in such a way... That it doesn't feel dismissive if you were to ask questions in the comments, mm-hmm. because uh-huh. now the OP is someone that is more relatable and is more than yeah, likely yeah. going to help you because they want to. And I'm part of the group Pat mentioned earlier, Black Girls Build, because that's also a demographic you don't see because, let's face it, the algorithms don't exactly push yeah. you know, <laughs> <Right>. creatives. <laughs> but it's a community that help encourage, you know, yeah. if this is your first time using a table saw, please take safety seriously. Uh-huh. If yeah. someone get, your local to help you use it or something like that. But meanwhile, here's something that we can do. Here are things we found. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. That's encouraging because it it feels uncomfortable if you go into like a very male dominated Mm -hmm. space. Absolutely. Because you feel dismissed. You're why are are you here? Mm -hmm. When Isaac and I first were dating, it was my senior year of college and I was trying to repurpose a bookshelf that his parents were going to get rid of. And when they gave it to me, it was long and low to the ground and there were just two shelves. And I wanted to take the feet off of it and put them on the side and turn it up so it would be tall and narrow. And then I wanted to add cubbies. So we were having dinner with his parents and I was like, hey, Isaac, Stan, do you have one place over another that you would recommend I get lumber cut to size? And he was like, why? I said, oh, that bookshelf that you gave me, if it's better, if I turn it into some cubbies, but I need lumber cut to size. And he was like, I don't have time to do that. And I was like, oh, you don't need to do anything. I was just asking what hardware store you recommend. And he was like, because I've got all this other stuff happening and this thing at work. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I was like, totally different. I don't need your help. I just was asking for a recommendation. And he was like, it's not that great quality. And I was like, I never mind. Never mind. My question stop at, do you need help? No. Okay, cool. Well, you feel really good because then we, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, Isaac went with me to my parents' house for, I don't know, Easter or something. And I was like, hey, dad, while we're here, my dad has done woodworking my entire life. My mom has as well, Um, but kind of different realms of woodworking. And I was like, hey, dad, I took some measurements. Like, this is what I'm doing with this bookshelf. I need six boards or whatever it was cut to size. And these are the sizes I need. I have written down the dimensions that I need. Do you have anything in your shop that you can cut for me? And he was like, oh, I'm sure I do. Do you need to borrow a drill? And I was like, yes, please. I do. Otherwise, I'd have to bum one from the theater department and he was like okay just to be sure did you take into account and he like asked some questions to make sure I measured accurately and I left with the drill and the boards I needed and I was like this is what I need you <laughs> <Right. laughs> like, like a handful of screws it yeah was- <laughs> we can like you can double check my work like the, I'm inexperienced I'm fine with mm-hmm. that but I didn't ask anyone to do it yeah we still have that fact it's we in still the garage have yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I will never ask Isaac's dad for another anything related to. It is so funny. My my family is when they started just showing pictures of what I built, like I didn't tell them in advance. Mm It's just look what I did. They're like, oh, so next time you come visit, I'm going to need you to do this. Like my (laughs) family is very quick to be like, well, we want to employ your services Mm -hmm. for things. Oh, yeah. So I'm just like, okay. so it's like, yeah not for entirely for free and it's not necessarily monetary payment but babysitting services mm-hmm. or covering just something else is great um except for my grandma <laughs> my grandma gets all her work free that's fair it's just so interesting hearing you know like oh you can't do this because you're this yeah. and i'm like mm-hmm. that it's it's like the thing black people can't swim like or they weren't allowed in the pools <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like that kind of prevents learning for sure if yeah. you're not yeah. in the medium mm-hmm. But it's just like, yeah, that's that's one thing. And that's why at one point in the episode, the Dean Kane episode where <laughs> Pat's over here climbing over furniture. But um we're It's fine. I mean the last time I got over the furniture, I stretched and something stretched that I didn't uh, want to stretch and made pain yeah. noises. But Dwayne said, he's like, I'm your worst nightmare educated black man because, I mean, it's one of those things where people, where black people weren't even allowed to read because mm-hmm. reading is thought of you like, to read. Have like, you, okay, so related to much earlier, we were talking about the ILBP Duggar situation. Oh, yeah. Did you see that clip of the Baptist preacher talking about black people on plantations? Yeah. <laughs> he, that is the dad of Anna Duggar. Oh, yeah. Uh, that explains a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, it's, I'm always just like, 
Okay. There's only so much, I'll call it like basic stupidity that I can take before my brain shorts mm-hmm. out of just like, I cannot handle this. <laughs> yeah. And I will yeah. probably say something very unkind and let me go ahead and remove myself from the situation. I won't regret saying it. Yeah. I'll just be like, that was an unnecessary bit of stress. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of funny. That's anyhow. Okay, one episode I have to talk about because okay, yeah, I need yes, to talk yes. about it. Is it the wedding one? Yes. Okay, all right. Yes. <laughs> I was going to yes. say, yeah. if you were going to do it, I was going to say, I was like, I'm going to say, I can't anything. believe That's, we haven't mentioned okay, it. Okay. That was specifically I, uh, your favorite episode. Yes. I know, I, I know Kadeem does not like this one in particular because reasons, and I know this, I know this. However, the baby, please. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he sold that. Yeah. Hands down, that is the most iconic thing I've ever seen on television ever because I still feel goosebumps every time. And Chill. it's not just because Aww. I have a crush on him. Mm-hmm. It came from he was begging. He was begging Jasmine Guy for them not to have to redo that scene again. So that's why the, the baby, please. It was like, Jimmy, yeah. like, please, please so understand that desperation me. was real. Yes. Oh, my God. So she didn't know it was going to happen. And I didn't. Know. I never <laughs> seen oh, it. I would have killed have been sitting here for you to see that when oh that God, happened yeah. yeah and no, i'm like, always a multitasker like i'm what? never just watching tv and that for that one i was like she asked me early on is like they get married right and i was yeah. like i'm not because saying everything nothing. i've seen was when it was in syndication right so yeah. like i'm not seeing episodes all the way or right, seasons yeah. all the way through i'm not usually seeing things in sequential order at all right and they uh it's a two-parter so that was almost never on in syndication because mm-hmm. it's Two parts. Exactly. And she's with Byron and all this is happening. I feel bad for Byron. I do too. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He wasn't a jerk. He just got in I know it was, just, it just, you it can't sucked. compete he didn't have the flip up shades yeah. flip up glasses yeah, I right? thought those were the coolest glasses I, used to have a pair of glasses. I literally got a pair of glasses like that because of him I, asked my I mom. think he got a free pair in a box of cereal yeah. and my brother and I never stopped fighting over them I begged my mom one year she was getting me new glasses I begged for her to give me those glasses and I wore the crap out of them so I broke them because I said I gotta be like Dwayne Wade <laughs> see it's yeah. the thing hey Dwayne's like I don't know if I'm gonna go because you know, obviously he still has feelings right, for yeah. Whitley. And it just hurts. Yeah, <laughs> and his friends understand. And Kim, you've got to love Kim. Kim is mm-hmm. like, girl. Mm-hmm. I, She's like, I'm in your corner, but also. I'm like, I, I really, ooh. my heart is telling me that your heart is not in this right. and this is not the best decision. She's like, but I'm going to support you in which one do. But she's like, she's trying so hard. Whitley, maybe. And she's like, what? And she's like, you can tell Kim's like, I can't be the one to break this up unless that is coming from mm-hmm. Whitley. Yeah. But she, she's trying so hard. And I could tell and some people like a real friend did something. Kim was trapped in rock in her place. Let's not forget if Whitley had called it off then and said, Kim, talk to me. Then it'd be Kim's the one that got right, in Whitley's yeah. head. And that would be the story that take off Mm -hmm. i think everyone needs that friend when they're getting married it's like you don't have to do this you need that person in your life yeah although shout out diane carroll oh yeah i love her in every aspect as whitley's mother like just (laughs) when she's yelling just die (laughs) yes she's just she brings just such a finesse to it Mm -hmm. the only one who plays a better mother is patty labelle as Dwayne. oh my god she's yes now i'm I'm gonna tell you this but i'm not gonna tell you no more oh i know i'm not gonna talk i'll be nice i'll be nice you know, well, she Miss kept Dang pushing singer. for Dwayne to get with Kim too. Yeah, <laughs> and she had the pretty light teeth, and she could be a doctor too. Although the Kinu episode yeah. where they with the prune cobbler and they dropped uh-huh. my cobbler too. <laughs> She goes, oh no, y'all better come out here now. I told you, I'm not getting into this. And it I can reach you to be the bone scrap. I bone scrap. And just be like, like, no, no, no. Like, well, mom, he goes, and I eat my peach cobbler. Woo, lucky I have another one in my head. Getting back to the wedding, Whitley is walking down, and we see that her brain is just everywhere. Yeah. And then Dwayne comes down the aisle. Will you? And you're just like, like just collectively it was just like oh let's do this Mm -hmm. and also too ron immediately stands up to defend wayne like he immediately Mm -hmm. gets in between he's like no that's my brother that's make sure that and there was people i don't know why people didn't understand this shaza says something you know and people like shaza and ron have very different voices that Uh was clear shaza who then by him saying that was like yeah let's go ahead let's bring up this one (laughs) (laughs) and so he's behind it he's 
like to have and told, will you baby? And just the please. I mean, every time, mm-hmm. every time. And it's like, this is probably why I will always have the biggest crush on <laughs> Kadeem Hardison. He will be like my forever crush. And Patch is like, God, Lord. Hey, it's okay. I know where I stand. <laughs> but, and I know Kadeem, he said his difficulty was, he's like, that's not something he would do. He mm-hmm. wouldn't want someone to break up someone's wedding. He yeah. felt extremely conflicted by it. I always wanted to break up someone's wedding. You would. You still can. <laughs> I know. So I mean, watch, watching Shrek You don't have much. to stop it because you want to marry a person. You can just start crashing weddings back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just yeah. start lurking at chapels. You just listen to, you do. I know you do, Pat, because I got the recommendation from you with Solomon Giorgio. Yeah. He says that every member of his family is ruined at least two weddings yeah that could be you start yeah. a new tradition I'm, get to vegas visit your dad start breaking up weddings <laughs> in the chapels <laughs> i'm just oh, i could just go down to the city hall right here so, yeah oh, go for it. <laughs> bring a bud light oh, like, my, my baby like, mama like, it's like we just had it we were just with you last night what are you talking about like i was just with you five minutes ago before here that's what kim did to break up ron's date with whitley's cousin yeah <laughs> She's like, that's my baby daddy. But I mean, but that wedding episode. Back in the 90s where every time there's someone had a cousin, it's the exact person playing the same role, but just a different accent. Yeah. So okay. I don't know. It's like in that one in particular, because there's two parts. And to me, I'm like part one, kind of the lead up to it. Yeah. And Diane Carey talking about where to sit people and Whitley's other cousin now trying to be like Miss Manners about it. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know why I'm not the maid of honor. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's breaking family tradition. And Whitley's looking at her like, go away. Yeah. Like, just go I away. I really love that by the time we see the first cousin from Whitley, she's already shifted as a person so much that she sees all of the nonsense that she came into season one with. Yeah. As, like, mm-hmm. too much. She's already over it. And she's just like, no, this is not the way to do things. I do like that they changed Whitley from season one to how she became because mm-hmm. season one, Whitley was just annoying there was that debate episode in season one she was like a woman's place is in the house or whatever and it's like a lady saying this it was was so weird you think about it it's like she's saying this but and she's at college whitley well no from whitley's family her job was to go to college to get a husband that's true talks about that Mm -hmm. later in the series that when she started at college the goal was to have a husband immediately there's actually episode there's episode about that where season three i think where her mom gets upset that she hasn't found a husband been yet and that she's she You're tells her mom, your time yeah, so her, she tells her mom she wanted to go to grad school to get her master's in art she goes well yeah. you haven't had a husband yet mm-hmm. they're supposed to go here to find a husband and she gets a chipmunk though she calls a chipmunk but yeah it's just <laughs> yeah. but you know when they get married and then it's just boom they're married she's just like die just die <laughs> she's just like yeah. she is so <laughs> find it hilarious that they're like we're just gonna swap out the grooms real quick and do it anyways yeah i know and then her mom's like what happened he's like hi mom she's like oh no no like it's just so would byron pay for that that's the thing. Logistically, I would assume because of the tradition that Whitley comes from, oh. it was paid for by the bride's family. Okay. But Byron was a state center. Was a state center? Or he, he's yeah. about to yeah, be a state center. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he did get elected? Point, okay. Yeah, he was elected. I knew that. Right. And yeah. But the thing is, it's like, that's not a small thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're pretty sure that landed in a lot of papers, especially given mm-hmm. Whitley's mom's tendency mm-hmm. to broadcast everything. And her dad's a judge, too. Yes. So yeah. Like, yeah. So like you would it would be like and Whitley was brought up badly in the election episodes she was one of the things that his opponent used to try to take him down right mm-hmm. so yeah, you would think that take the low road so she's appearing in all these papers and articles alongside mm-hmm. him blah 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 and then they were engaged and then <laughs> oh, nobody yeah. comes up and then suddenly Whitley's married to somebody else I know we're obviously not going to cover that in the episode mm-hmm. but you're like um, wonder how that went. Right, like, how did that blow over? I really wanted a, like, an epilogue just to see, mm-hmm. like, uh, Freddie should not have been with Ron. That no. should have. It's it's uh, it's no. kind of just like it's like <laughs> my Hermione and Ron thing. So I think exactly it's, it's, I think it's that. A, yeah, it's a Ron thing. So if anyone named Ron <laughs> for real gives a woman, the woman is obviously screwed because that person is obviously. I mean, can like, you name one good Ron Howard? Yeah, okay, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Ron McDonald. I was gonna say Ronald McDonald. I was like, that's, that's not a real August. person, yeah. But oh, it is. <laughs> but I mean, you anyway. just logistically, you're just thinking like, okay, yeah. But you know, you do wish there was some sort of follow up because I can't see Freddie and Ron, but it'd be a flash in the pan versus a long term yeah. relationship. Uh, yeah, much also, like, like Ron and Hermione. 
<laughs> With a lot of relationships in college, they're good while they happen and then you're not meant for life. But I would think in the epilogue, you would see people with different partners that actually suit mm-hmm. them. Well, we see in the end of the sexual harassment episode where they're going to do a crawl, something serious. And at the end, they'll go, oh, it's something funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, they do undercut a lot of their. Yeah, I was like, that was like a major thing. Like she has to work. She's still advertising. Oh, and what's the name didn't do this. I'm like, that's you should put that together. Okay, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that blog. But we, yeah, that ends that season. And so the next season, we're like, we jumped into the LA riots, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whitley, of course, being completely out of her element. Mm-hmm. She's like, but they have it on video. Yeah. <laughs> <And of> course, <laughs> but it's right there. <laughs> and it's like, and it's that that holds still to this day, mm-hmm. which is this sad part. I'm like, the sad part <sighs> is yeah. that almost every episode in a different world could be made today and still have the same Mm -hmm. as much as i don't trust modern tv to remake the show they could uh, they could easily remake the show right they could just change out said event and Uh change Mm -hmm. the script for the characters except for the aids episode the aids episode that would they could do what is it like super gonorrhea yeah yeah Yeah. like you could change that out you can change out even too because one thing they didn't really touch on was addiction. Mm-hmm. Now that they, being said, uh, they had that Save one episode. The of, covered that and not great. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so excited. So excited. So excited. Oh, so actually, <laughs> but like so you know, scared. but you can take out instead of it being about AIDS, it would be about mental health and potentially yeah, right, like yeah. the, uh, the, yes. the not talked but about with suicide, especially in men. They you did know? do that one episode about Freddie using alcohol as her muse. That was that yeah. is true. That was like, she got drunk once. Now <laughs> she didn't have the big fun. Like they could talk about addiction, but they could also talk about disability, and I they didn't really touch on yeah. that. Yeah. And I think that there's room for that but not everyone was born with a disability and there are plenty of people who are in their teens or early 20s who find out that they have a condition that's gonna shape how they live the rest of their life right for sure that could have been an easy way to talk about why ron wasn't good at school and only was good <laughs> yeah because you could easily say like he had like um something i mean what you say like something. ron well no you could <laughs> no, ron, no give it a shot go he, on like his inability <laughs> to focus you know yeah, ADHD. You ADHD, but right. also like Young people can be diagnosed with MS. Young people can be in in an accident and end up in a wheelchair. Or on the other side, like maybe Kim gets addicted to Adderall or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, you you can bring that up. You can bring up, actually, to to call back to um, the uh, convict episode, someone who's released from prison and is now going to school to try and better themselves and distance themselves from their previous life. Lena's character now, but modern day take on what does that look like to be mm-hmm. now also an older person in college? Like Jaleesa was when she first started. Yeah. But now you're an older person with this extra weight that mm-hmm. your peers may yeah. not have. Like, yeah. how does that look? Especially if you're like a black male, like you were in prison. Can we also talk about how Jaleesa went to back to college at what, 24? Mm-hmm. And decided to live in the dorms yeah when i was 24 you couldn't have paid me to live in the dorms i just (laughs) no absolutely not i thought that too i was just like i i have the child she made me because she's poor post-divorce she doesn't really have any money so the dorms would be her only way of 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 living affordable but at the same time like the dorms are hellishly expensive (laughs) nowadays so Maybe they, that wasn't as big of a yeah. I don't know. Ron's disease was he had ADPV attention deficit vagina. Because <laughs> he's such a whore. Sorry. He's a phone hoe. Yes, he was a phone That hoe. was a funny episode. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And the oh, that was, yeah, that was, that was such a restaurant. <laughs> oh That's gosh. what at the end, he got yeah. fired from the sex line for not being sexy. Yeah. The episode where Ron buys some shady skincare hair care products <laughs> and sells it to all the girls. Nutrients of the Nile. <laughs> yes. God damn. That was hilarious and sad. It was. And like he wrote Kim in because Kim's like, I need money. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then he's spinning her in this chair <laughs> and she's just like, uh, she can barely read the prompt. Yeah. She reads it and so everyone buys it. And at one point, then you get towards the end of the episode and there's a knock on their door. And then Dwayne opens the door and says, well, Ron is for you. And he like books it out fast because mm-hmm. he knew he knew. He's like, oh no. He's no dummy. No. Mm-hmm. He's like, but yeah, that one where it's like, it's a funny episode, but it's just sad. Like Ron just kept mm-hmm. running scheme yeah. and then of course there's an episode where he did the con with the girl at the car dealership yes and they're running this little scheme i'm just like he didn't well, even like 
the Amnesty International episode where there's like that dance competition. Yeah. And he's charging people for drinks that were donated. I was like, Ron, right. what the hell? I know. It's like every time you turn around, like Ron's like scheming something. Uh-huh. You're like, mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. but, but said he said he don't want to work at his dad's dealership, but he's using all the dealership tactics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, he did not need to go to college. They no. really did his character dirty by not giving him any kind of character development. No, and you thought that would have happened because they made him join a fraternity. Yes. Which for black fraternities, that's not a small thing. It, no, that, it's that's not, a yeah. lifetime appointment yes. of service specifically. So you would think mm-hmm. Ron <laughs> yeah. is joining this fraternity and is taking the creed seriously of his brothers, but not really. Because they made it a choice and example to have every time they're in the pit to have at least one to two different black fraternity or sorority Mm -hmm. in there like someone has one of their Mm -hmm. shirts on obviously they're trying to make a point that this is important to the culture of being at a black college yeah yeah ron like she said ron didn't change matter of fact the only time i think he he changed about being shoot, he was even in the ROTC. Oh, yeah, he that's was, right. Yeah. He was yeah. in the ROTC. Yeah. So he could have had a job going to the military. He didn't do that. I'm just like, yeah, he was cadet of the year, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm just like, okay. He's almost like Cliff. How Cliff, when he was at Hillman, he was on every single sports team. Oh, I'm like, and it was pre med. I'm like, dude, how do you do pre med? And then you're on the basketball team, on the football team, <laughs> no. on the track team. Well, you I'm see, like, when you write the scripts, you can do whatever. <laughs> 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 but yeah, he was doing all those things. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, Ron's character could have really had a lot more flourishing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That could have occurred. It didn't have to necessarily take over a storyline, but it could be that we see Kim grow from being very uptight. Yeah, but she was very closed off because she had a job to do. She was singularly focused mm-hmm. to being more comfortable in herself and still mm-hmm. being successful. We see that with Jaleesa. You now we talked about that particular arc. Freddie, we've seen hers. Whitley, Whitley obviously. We saw that. And Dwayne, too. He had his ups and downs. You could tell at times where he was much more serious, especially when he was first starting teaching. He was like, you have a quiz every day. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be up and out of your wow. class in a hurry, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the way that his teaching approach was not successful. His approach with women. You know, you see that. And then here's Ron, who finds his own way. But really, for the friendships that he has, the people that are surrounding him, you would think there was more growth that would have occurred in yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty much the loser of the group. Yeah. You know, everyone has that one friend, the Ron. Yeah, for real. I yeah. mean, you've got Mr. Gaines there dropping knowledge mm-hmm. and stories randomly. Uh-huh. Like, his character to me, just when he interrupts at times, you're like... Okay, well, let me listen. But then he has some good insight mm-hmm. getting back to the episode with the domestic violence where he said that he's like, yeah, I had this was a neighbor or family member. Oh, yeah. She's like, my husband doesn't love me unless he beats me. And he's like, one day he loved her to death. We buried my Aunt May last year. And mm-hmm. like basically telling her it is not worth your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, for this, this is not love. And then, of course, he has his random stories, you know, that I come really in. I really loved the episode with Lena Horn oh, when Whitley yes. is just signing him off. <laughs> off as this hick who doesn't know anything, who doesn't do anything, who doesn't matter and he ends up being the shining star of the Lena Horn show. He finally got his moment. Yes. And mm-hmm. it made me so happy. Yeah, where she was just like, oh I made this for him and everyone just kind of wrote him off as being this mm-hmm. senile old person. Yeah. Like he's nothing. Yeah. Like the, the very taken for granted character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then there's somebody who enters who's impressive and doesn't take him for granted at all. No. It's lovely. The dean of her singing jennifer lewis was just absolutely when she came on recurringly mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious <laughs> yeah every time and she's like when she's just stormy weather and just goes <laughs> up the stairs <laughs> like she's just mm-hmm. so and then um in well, the episode two where to the, relate relax relate oh, well i'll get to yeah <laughs> and also the scene where gina had put the telephone hoe mm-hmm. on the back of mm-hmm. the shirt so they had the student yeah court and everything I said girl whenever i see you better do whatever I say if i say jump you, you better say how high and so now then the episode goes off jump <laughs> jump and then also the recurring thing of whenever it's just, you're on my list yeah and so then the character's <laughs> like <laughs> you know they heard it very funny like that but then yes debbie allen, allen coming in as the psychiatrist of mm-hmm. telling me relax relate release but mm-hmm. no those episodes her way her wig is so funny. <laughs> she adjusted it, adjusted it. And then when she's at Colonel Taylor's house it and it falls, flies off. off. 
<laughs> if you watch it, you have to watch each individual character the whole way through that scene <laughs> because you'll see everyone's character has broken at some point in that uh-huh. whole thing that they kept it. At one point, Kadeem Hardison just turns around completely because you can see his whole body is like mm-hmm. laughing. Mm-hmm. He could not hold it together. That was that supposed to happen. That was not supposed to happen. <laughs> but so he turns around all together and he just can't face the camera. You can see the other characters looking down. Their cheeks are blowing out. Uh-huh. And even when he turns back around, Kadeem turns back around. He sees his face go, <laughs> like he's trying so hard. Yeah. That whole scene for Debbie to keep it, she phenomenally <laughs> to keep it together because I would have lost it. We would have to do a new mm-hmm. take. But the wig wasn't. And then, and then Jaleesa just like turns the whole wig around because she put it back on backwards. Yeah. If I were the audience, I couldn't have kept it together. Not yeah. at all. Like, when Dwayne told Whitley it was okay, no big deal to go on that lunch date with Correct. Yeah, with Julian and is mad because Whitley comes back talking about Julian's engaged to this runway model fiance who speaks 15 different languages, blah, 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 blah. They're going to live in Paris. Mm-hmm. And so Whitley, understandably, is kind of like, he told me I was a bougie princess and then he marries, you know. Mm-hmm. And so Whitley's having her moment and Dwayne gets mad. Now, prior to this, Ron has told Dwayne, like, this is not a good idea. It's going to be a boomerang effect where it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. So Dwayne now is pissed off. He comes storming in. Ron's there. He's like, Whitney, she's talking about this lunch. She's like, that looks like a boomerang on the side of your head. And he's like, Ron, don't you? And he's like, you know, but it was hilarious because the time was just right. And then there was when Ron was doing the cans. The cans? Yeah, Ron was smashing some cans or something. And like, oh, because he was so broke. Yeah. yeah. But oh, Dwayne came yeah. in and he was mad at Whitley about something. He's like this. And so Dwayne starts taking over smashing the cans. But Dwayne was like so mad. And he like walks out of the room to the bedroom. And Ron's just like, you know what? I'm just going to skid out. Like, Ron goes to grab his coat. Dwayne goes up, where are you going? And he's like, you know what? I'm just, he's like, I'm short enough. I'm just going to go. Like, so then the moments of the quick, when someone was like mad it's like it's hilarious because mm-hmm. it's like they're just mad at everything and they don't realize how irrational they are at the moment yeah you're looking at that like you know nothing serious is going to happen i'm not making light mm-hmm. of like people being angry but when they went to kidnap whitley for her surprise party that kim had thrown so they're oh, trying yeah, to they're climbing up the side, <laughs> side of the wall, wall. Yeah. and ron's like is she naked like you know yeah. <laughs> like like ron is laying on the ground with like a broken pelvis potentially mm-hmm. or something and he's so like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, like he's just so, you know, like. BS Reactor is recorded in a college town in the Midwestern United States. All voices, music, and mixing are done by us. All rights reserved. If you have any comments, questions, or you just feel like you need to fangirl about Kadeem too, contact the show on Instagram, SoundCloud, or our website, bsreactor.com. Come back next week for the wrap-up of this conversation. And thanks for listening. We appreciate you.